Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's Saturday, which means it's time for the Front 3 Q&A podcast with me, Adam Boltwood, the one and only Lawrence McKenna. Hey, how you doing? And the stat king himself, Dave O'Brien. Hello, 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 hello. Lovely to have you both. Thank you very much for listening. Fantastic to have you here. We should talk a little bit. Oh, right. Before we start, we should probably talk a little bit about the old Europa League. Gents, uh, Dave, I watched uh, the Man United game with you. You weren't particularly happy, and I'm not surprised. No, I was rather frustrated that evening. Um, no spirit, no aggression, uh, no passion. Um, just, you know, completely got bowled over by this Liverpool team. David Gea saved Manchester United. But then looking back and watching it again, Liverpool were really, really good. They pressed well. Um, they were compact. They scored a goal at the right time. Um, and they just attacked very well. They combined together. It looked like a team. It looked like Jurgen Klopp's finally made this team. Man United are so far away from being a team. It's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, it's, it's that man, Louis van Gaal, as, you know, again poor tactical decisions in the game but the players just they've got to answer for something there it was such a poor poor performance from, it, but the, from the, everyone he says the three year plan is on track though Dave Manchester United are in three competitions and a lot of I don't know what his three year plan is that, he says. To, be, to be quite honest it's mental he's losing <laughs> it he's slowly losing it the poor chap it's like the QPR five year plan what did you make yeah. of uh, Liverpool's performance Lawrence? Uh, it was everything that you want it to be mm. in, a, in a home performance and I think they were driven on with uh, you know just all the good things that Liverpool were doing, I think it was even more encouraging that Manchester United just didn't seem to react very well to them. Um, it was basically everything that sort of the zenith, I'd imagine, of what he imagined he could achieve this season. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, you know, pressing, um, really great intensity, some really nice intricate moves, players in the correct positions at the right time, uh, all the players sort of coming together and doing very well. The, the diff- he said they played with aggression and anger, and my only worry is that if you you know is it possible for them to play like that over an entire season it's all well and good having one game like this like they did against Man City earlier in the season or other sides but you need to do that consistently um I just wonder you know what's going to happen in the second leg do they need to reproduce that same performance probably not but they do still need a good performance against United because it's only 2-0 they didn't manage to score enough that was another problem they weren't clinical we uh Dave we also watched the Tottenham Dortmund match Dortmund outclassing Spurs really 3-0 victory um, 
Pochettino coming in for some criticism for resting players. He sort of started Tom Carroll, Rice and Ma- Ryan Mason in midfield, uh, started Hume min Son up front. Do you agree with the criticism of Pochettino? Or can you see why he rested players, even though it's only Villa? Well, I think, I think what he's sort of shown everyone that he's made the decision that he's going to go for the league title. Yeah. I think that's what that shows. It shows that, you know, they've already got the Champions League. They're, they're, comf- they're comfortable in the Premier League in the top four, in my personal opinion. I think he's seen that. He's decided, right, we're playing Dortmund in the Europa League. Dortmund are a very, very good team. So can we can we beat both Dortmund and win the win the Premier League? Probably not. You know, when we beat Dortmund, we're going to potentially play, a, a, you know, a tougher, op- a, you know, not a tougher opponent, another very hard opponent after that. That's going to take the legs out of Tottenham. So for me, it was a it was a clever decision, but it also shows that Tottenham don't have the their squad isn't um, you know good enough to compete on say three fronts at the moment, but they can compete on one front. So for me, it's quite clever that, that uh, Pochettino's decided the Premier League. Let's go for that. Let's rest our players and let's just you know completely everything in balls in the hat. There we go. So let's attack the Premier League. But the thing, the thing you know, the What's two that mean? Midfielders... balls in the hat. I've never heard that phrase. Ball... Like ah, it. yes, I like balls it. In the hat. <laughs> Well, the ball is in the hat, isn't it? With Leicester yeah. City and Arsenal and Manchester City. But I think that Spurs uh, were poor, but Dortmund are uh, such a good side. And, you know, it's difficult. I, I doubt that they would have beaten Dortmund with a full team, to be quite honest, away. Um, so, it is, for me, it was a good decision. The other big news we should probably talk about is Rafa Benitez, Lawrence. Now, Rafa yes. Benitez has gone to Newcastle. Steve McLaren was sacked, yep. immediately replaced by the Spaniard. A lot of questions coming in from Robert Winter, for one, saying, will Rafa keep Newcastle up? Um, you know, I think, I think he's, he's a manager who has a great chance of doing it. If they were going to replace McLaren with anyone, then it's going to be the stark contrast between what Benitez is and what Steve McLaren is. There have been a lot of good articles about the sort of character of Benitez. and uh, It's not necessarily to put down McLaren, but it's just that it's maybe what Benitez sort of takes to another level. You know, being with why he's such a good manager is kind of, you know, the, the intricacies with the game, knowing opposition well, knowing how to play in the Premier League for a start, um, and knowing. Uh, and what I mean by that is basically setting up teams to be very difficult to play against. And I think that when you're in a relegation battle, that's probably one of the, the things that you need to be. And I don't think Newcastle were difficult to play against. I also think it's, you're possibly looking at that sort of new manager bump kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, tactically, I think. You know, he can set this team up better than McLaren set it up. I think he's got the pieces or some pieces in there. I think the only thing he probably lacks is a central defensive midfielder in the shape that he probably wants. But apart from that, he has centre-backs. He has wing-backs. He has uh, wingers. You know, he has some strikers that I imagine he can... You saw in that season with Liverpool, he even managed to craft them into something even when they weren't his preferred players. Mm. So there are, there, are, there, are, there are good bright spots for uh, Newcastle. But it's still going to be a huge challenge because... You know, the teams put themselves in a terrible mire. It's hard to get out of. They're only a point clear of safety, Dave. They're a, they're a point off Sunderland who are on 25 points. It's a bit of a leap to the next team, which is Swansea, on 33 points. So Newcastle are on 24 points. Only 10 games left. Is rougher the man, Dave? No, for me, Newcastle are already relegated. I don't think they're good really? enough. To, defensively, they're not good enough. I don't think there's anyone that can sort that out. The centre-backs aren't good enough. The full-backs aren't good enough. Um, and I feel like a team like Sunderland who are better equipped to stay up with, uh, you know, Sam Allardyce, a manager that can get results in these, you know, in these clutch sort of games where I feel that it's a bit unfair on Benitez because it'll take a bit of time for his coaching to go through and his his sort of philosophy on how, how Newcastle are going to play. What I'd like to see is if they do go down is just that, um, you know, that he stays as manager because he'll get them straight back up, in my opinion. I feel that 
you know, give him a little bit of responsibility on the transfer transfer side of it. He'll bring the right players in, and Newcastle will come back up. And I think the club needs that just because they need to get rid of some of this deadwood. Similar to Aston Villa, there's so many players in that squad that are poor. But I just don't think that you know any manager can stay in the Premier League with someone like Steven Taylor at the back. I just don't think he's good enough. He's not Premier League so quality, think, nowhere near. Goalkeeper as well. You know, losing Tim Krul is huge. You think the bottom three is going to be as it is then? Newcastle, Norwich and Aston Villa are going down? I think so, yeah. I think, I think you know, we know we all know Sam Allardyce's record uh, keeping teams up. He's never been relegated. So it's just what I just, I can't see it. Um, I'll edit this out, but I'm just taking a quick look at Newcastle's fixture list. Leicester on Monday is going to be quite good. Yeah, I, I feel like that's going to be quite interesting because Benitez is obviously one of the managers who can sort of, uh, you know, you'd imagine if there's anyone who can tactic. Benitez is great at looking at another team tactically and working out how he sets out his side. But I, I, I don't know if it's, like Dave says, you know, as, as much as Benitez could come up with a great plan, does he have the players who are... Um, able to execute it because if he can't execute his plan then what's the point in having the plan in the first place you know Liverpool beat bloody Barcelona with Craig Bellamy up front that's all you need to know alright that's all what you need man. to know what a man um, and, and in between when, when John Arnarisa when, that was the same week John Arnarisa was hit with the golf club by Craig Bellamy the same guy then scored and I think he actually did like a golfing celebration before we get into the uh, questions mental, probably before we get to questions, I should probably mention uh, an email we received from Matt Vitello. V- oh. Yeah, Matt Vitello. Um, probably comment of the week. He's basically, he's very hot on double-barreled players. He said, following the oh, rise of players with double-barreled surnames of Cameron Borthwick, Jackson and Alex Oxley chamberlain I got thinking about other great or not-so-great footballers who find themselves in a similar situation, having double-barreled names. Thus, I have a the name of the following <laughs> club. And he's literally written out and taken a photo of uh, a double-barreled eleven, including Mark Andre Testergen in goal. We've got Ruben Loftus Cheek in midfield and Pierre Emerick Aubameyang up front. Things to note: the coach is Testergen uh, double-barreled. Uh, apparently, uh, so I Matt don't know, says. I don't know if it is double-barreled. I, I just uh, someone should check that quickly. Terze, I think it's it's similar to Van in Dutch. I think it's a similar thing. Yeah, but I, it's like but that's link. what I'm saying. Is, that's what I'm saying. Is is it therefore double barreled? No, that's he, not double barreled. No, apparently, double barreled according name. to his Google, <laughs> according to my Google search, it is double barreled. Mark Andre is double barreled. Ah, uh, Mark Andre. Ah, uh, but that's a that's a double barreled first name. Ooh, so you're saying it can only be double barreled first names as opposed to? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, you know, maybe they have to have. I a mean, double Matt, you need to stick one thing. But in. I'm just saying, Adam. He says know, that the coach know. for this football club would be none other than Andre Vias Boas, double barreled surname. The technical operations will be run by Karl Heinz Rummenigge, which is double barreled first name. They were play inside Lille's Stad Perimori. And Mercedes-Benz that Mercedes would feature as the shirt sponsors. What a bloody who? nightmare for the kit man, says Matt. Who, who, would, who would sponsor the shirts? Mercedes-Benz, apparently. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> very good. Even, Matt, even though, that, again, even though that's not like a double-barreled name, there probably are. There probably, like, uh, probably is like a massive company. There must be a company that's actually got a double-barreled name. Because I thought Mercedes-Benz was two different names put together. It is, is it? No. Yeah, but it's not double-barreled, is right. it? You're right. 
Uh, Matt's made a crucial, a fatal error there. I'm sorry, Matt. It was a great try. But if you can, try, if you can Matt. do it again and then come back next week, that'd be yeah. great. Thanks. Really think that's supposed to be. Anyway, lads, let's get on with the questions. First um, up, do. I think I think there's a big question that was asked uh, on Twitter mm-hmm. by an account. Yeah, um, is Dave regarding regarding, oh. regarding to uh, <laughs> does it regard a, a game of two halves, Dave? Yeah, a game of two halves. Now, so listen. If the you watch a game of two this week on the Football Republic, Dave was up against Joel. Messi seconds. Now, yeah. it's well, most con- it was a very controversial a episode. Myself today, and Lawrence right? obviously judged that episode. Um, but mostly Adam. Mostly me. Mm. Dave, I, just I, feel, I will concede I feel that, that it's, I it's... felt you should have won the first round. The question was, who is the most underrated player in Europe? Dave went for uh, Leonardo Bonucci. Joel went for Thomas Muller who I'm not sure is an underrated player. And I said as much to Lawrence, but Lawrence said that you should have won that. For, Lawrence gave it to Joel, essentially. Good God, Adam. You, uh, how many knives do you have to put in people's backs? But I have to say, the next two rounds, Dave, I think you did lose. I think you lost. Those <laughs> no, no. Rounds. So, you, you, you know, that was your personal opinion. Go into the comments, right? Everyone's saying nothing about the first round. That's fine. They're saying about round two and three. I made a superior argument and I won. But unfortunately, I lost. But will justice be served, Adam? So you didn't win. <laughs> no, no, Dave. Justice will not be served. Dave is very no. upset about this. Um, no, that's just... how justice works, Dave. Dave is... Uh, yeah. Dave is... Uh, <laughs> Dave uh, is feeling a certain injustice. He's going. Yeah, a big injustice. You know, people are calling for public apologies. <laughs> From who? Well, the... the, the From TFR you, Dave, for being so the poor. Camera. Dave, who is the most right, well, player in Europe? Is it uh, Leonardo Benici? Is it? No, apparently it's Thomas Muller, isn't it? Yeah, apparently Very underrated. <laughs> no, Dave, that's the thing. Is Again, I think this is the problem, right? Is Dave has fundamentally misunderstood the game because mm. it is not about who is actually right, Dave. Come on, I, I kept It's about who makes throughout. the best argument. Are you fucking simple okay. or something? It's right. <laughs> yeah, Thomas so Muller. You say Joel that, was... right? And then... Go Joel and listen wrong. to Joel's answer, answer on the last question. I like. <laughs> There's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's no substance. I like how Dave is literally sending a question as himself to at the front three. Why did you betray Dave? <laughs> <laughs> six, six hearts, six likes. I, I think uh, Dave is. I think you know that that person who asked the question has serious personality issues. Dave, I'm afraid you lost that second round. The third okay. round was 50-50, but Joel edged it. I'm sorry. That, what disappoints me is this is probably the question we're going to spend the most time on yes. this week. Here we go. We're talking about... Well, justice we're, needs to be done, doesn't it? We are talking Dave's about... Robbed, Dave's robbed legitimate listeners of time, and that is injustice, Dave. We're talking about underrated <laughs> players, and we actually have a question here from Hamid Hashimi, Dave. He says, why is Claudio Marquisio always overlooked? He's been Juventus's best and most important midfielder for two years now. Yeah, I completely agree with that. He's he's an excellent player. Watching him last night against Sassuolo, you sort of see the evolution of Claudio Marchisio. He started, um, you know, as, a, as sort of a box to box shuttler for this Juventus team. You know, playing uh, with Pirlo behind him. But what he's evolved into is a ball player now, and he's just so so good at dictating the play. He's strong in the tackle. He's sort of got it all. I think he's what again probably one of the most underrated midfielders in world football in terms of his ability. He can do anything in midfield, and right now he's sort of holding for. Uh, Juventus and he's the he's now the Pirlo he's, he's sort of taken Pirlo's boots and in a way I think he's doing it a little bit better he's being more aggressive um, he's pressing at the right time it just it's all coming together for this Juventus team it really is and I really really hope that they beat uh, 
what they called Bayern Munich this week. <laughs> what but, 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 what, is, what is that big team's name? Um, that also explains why PLO's form has dipped in MLS. Is because he's taking his boots. Exactly. Gone. taking his boots. Uh, yeah. Ananas for life says, "Can Dave get a trim?" Dave, did did you get a trim, Dave? Have you had a trim? I had a haircut a while ago. I'm probably going to get another haircut yeah. soon. <laughs> Dave, your hair grows at an unnaturally quick rate. Yeah, I know. It's probably all those beans I eat. <laughs> In a way, it probably is, dude. What? Do you eat a lot of beans, Dave? <laughs> beans? Uh, occasional. That also explains the smell, but I mean, fair enough. Eat your beans, kids. It means your, uh, your hair grows quickly. Yeah. Um, question here from Mandar, at Mandar on Twitter. Thank you for your question. One realistic major signing this summer for Real Madrid and Barcelona. Start with Real Madrid first, Dave. Uh, the, the, the transfer ban has been delayed, am I right? They're, they're, they've made their appeal. Yeah, so I think they get this summer and then they'll be banned for two windows, I think, after that. So who do you think is one major signing, realistically? Is it Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who apparently made a promise to his uh, his grandfather about moving No, to I can't really, really must stop talking about that. Yeah, we probably <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We did break that rumour, and it, I think, what did we give it, a one out of five or a two out of five? I think you did, yes. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, it could be an option. Do, do they need a striker? Probably not. You know, they've got... Um, Benzema up front. Potentially, if they are looking for a striker, why not go for? If they're going to go all in, why not go Lewandowski? He's probably the best. You know what? Behind Suarez, probably number two in the world in terms of strikers. Well, if Pep's if Pep's leaving, then that's not a terrible idea, is it? Yeah, we wouldn't say so. Um, I think they probably could do with a new. But then, do they want to get rid? No. What about new centre back? What about Eden Hazard? (laughs) We've seen him linked with PSG. But Real Madrid no, he's had such a dip, such a dip in form that he's just—he's one of those—he's—he's he's ruined his own market value essentially. Mm. But then well, that's—I well, mean, maybe that's it—is maybe another team. No, will Real Madrid be like, "Yeah, we'll give you twenty million for him"? So, Dave, you said Lewandowski to Real Madrid, maybe Madrid um, target him. Go Benucci as well. I think that oh, you know, as you a centre back, Benucci, man. Stop going Benucci. on about him, Dave. You fucking Jeez. love Benucci or Matt Hummels. I think they need like a, a, a centre back to go beside Ramos in a way. Pepe's. Good, but he's getting a lot older. He hasn't got the recovery pace anymore. Varane mm. is stop-start. I kind of feel that Varane shouldn't be at Real Madrid. I don't think it's very good for his development as a player. You're right. It just seems like he's in and out of the side. You know, someone like Juventus would be perfect. Send him um, to Liverpool. Oh. Lawrence, how about Barcelona? One realistic signing for Barcelona. Good question, actually. Where would, I mean, obviously, you're not going to go up front, are you? Um, because already they have great backup there. You know, they've got Arda Taram in midfield. They've mm. got Busquets. So you're not going to sign a central defensive midfielder. Um, surely then it's got to be a centre-back, right? Um, <laughs> or would you go? Or would you look at a goalkeeper? But then who are they going to sign in goal? Hopefully someone uh, also double-barreled, like Mark Henri to State. Very important to be double what, Well, you can't sign him from yourself. <laughs> no, yeah, someone yeah. like him, I say. Um, okay, right. They're good in goal, Barcelona, though. They've got Claudio Bravo, Mark Henri to Stegen. Where do Barcelona actually need to strengthen? Um, but maybe it's you know you'd say centre back. I reckon yeah, yeah. it's been yeah, a long but, question, hasn't it? But then where do you where do you go to get you know someone who can you know do you go for someone who can partner PK? Yeah, or, you go Matt, Matt Hummels. He's perfect or, for Barcelona, isn't he? You know, he's ball playing centre back, um, reads the game well. I think he'd be up and he's left footed, which would complement yeah, PK. Which complements or even well, yeah. you know going really far if they wanted to maybe maybe get a left back or right. You see that the problem with Barcelona is they are complete in a way. They've mm. kind of got it all. 
Well, and yeah, but we said that a couple of years ago and then suddenly they went to another level. So I think it's about them assessing what will take them to another level. And I just wonder, you know, is that a structure, restructure in midfield? Is that, a, you know, someone who complements Rakitic and Busquets or someone who complements Busquets and, or, you know, where do you go with that? We've got another question here from Dean Wynn Roberts, who says, who does Liverpool need to sign position or player to compete for the league next season. Now, we have Nina Kowser from the Anfield Index giving her opinion mm. earlier in the week. But, Lawrence, in your opinion, what is the one area that Liverpool need to strengthen in and who they've would signed, you like to see come to Anfield? They've signed John Matip, mm-hmm. um, is who is a... Very good signing. It's, it's a good signing. A lot, of, you know, a lot of people putting him up there as amongst some of the better Bundesliga defenders, although some people say what he is prone to is mistakes, three or four big mistakes a season, mm. which you'd imagine is frustrating for Liverpool fans because just as you think Martin Skirtle's leaving, you sign someone else who can, <laughs> is prone to a couple of big mistakes this yeah. season. Um, Not to mention Mignolet behind. Uh, behind. Yeah, exactly. So between them, over 38 games, Liverpool have got a combination of 38 different <laughs> massive mistakes. Um, uh, but he's still a quality centre-back. You know, there's a lot of great qualities to him and, you know, people, are, uh, people in Germany are using very kind phrases about him basically to say how well he bosses the back line. Um, but then you you know he's, they've lost some big games this season but then you can't just put that on one player um, Liverpool need to for me need to look at a new left back and possibly need to look at someone else who's sort of in the attacking mid like attacking winger role really mm. um, and then possibly someone in central defensive midfield and the goalkeeper see so what you've got five players there because um, there are there are some quality players within that squad you know Chan I think is a very good player. I think Coutinho is a fantastic player. Firmino is a fantastic player. It's about consistency. And, you know, the performance we saw against United was one which sort of extolled the virtues of what Klopp can do with the team. <laughs> Here's an interesting comment from Adam McCullough himself. Oh. Uh, he says, can you give us any tips on how to get beautiful, bouncy, curly hair like yours, please, Dave? No, no, you can't. <laughs> I think I revealed it. It's eating beans. It's eating beans, right. yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Beans and your crust. Apparently eating the crusts beans. are absolutely crucial. Gives you that beans beautiful, on toast. bouncy hair. Oh, wow. Dave's um, just saying, just have beans on toast, is what Dave's saying. Yeah, he likes right. beans. Um, here's a question from Mortada Nazir on Twitter. Ah, Thank good. you very much. I like Mortada. Will Jack Wilshere ever be the player we saw against Barcelona back in 2011, Dave? Well, back, that player back then. Hmm... I feel no. injuries have sort of hampered his career and development. Um, you know, back then, what was he, 19 years old, playing against mm. Xavi, Iniesta and Busquets, the best midfield we've ever seen. Um, and he was really, really good, really aggressive. Um, you know, his quick feet. But I just feel that it's it's one of those things where, you know, when he comes back from injury, he's not number one in the Arsenal team anymore. You know, mm. you're looking at Cazorla's going to be central in central midfield ahead of him. You know, he's probably going to be shuttled out wide again. Again, he's probably a player that might need a move to sort of reignite his career and get himself going again. He's, he's Where would you move him, Dave? Stoke? Um, uh, again, what popped into my head before you even asked me that question was Manchester United and Jack Wilshere could be quite a good fit. Whoa, Dave. Really? Or Liverpool. Liverpool nah, and Jack Wilshere. Would... No, no, thank no, just, you. Let, let me... Let me, let me sort of go in there right so Liverpool you've got a lot yeah, of I'm blocking the door don't yeah don't don't hold the ball and don't shift it the right places and don't sort of dictate playing away and Jack Wilshere could do that if Jack Wilshere wanted to become a number six he could become a number six I think that's another big question for Jack Wilshere what position do you want to play do you want to be a number eight do you want to be a number six or do you want to be a, a, 
a number 10. I think he needs to realise which one he wants and then stick by that and then play that position. But that's well, I think it's not only, but it's sort of Wenger looking for him to be an adaptable more midfielder, isn't it? But then not I just think he, Jack. I, I don't think he should be. That's what I mean. I feel that so we do that too much with uh, English players like Theo Walcott. How many positions has he played? Ch- Oxay Chamberlain, too many positions. Wayne Rooney, too many positions. It kind of kills the player and it doesn't make them a master of their trade. It makes them, you know, a jack of all trades, which doesn't mm. work for a player. And then these players won't hit the peaks that they should be hitting. So Jack mm-hmm. Wilshere needs to come back and say, do you want to be a defensive midfielder, an actual central midfielder, an attacking midfielder? And then also I feel that he needs to move on. S- start somewhere new. It is a real shame because he's had so much promise. This is obviously the he's worst talented, injury. Very, very talented. This is the worst injury he's had. He's pretty much missed the entire season. He's supposed to be coming back in April. Um, but maybe he needs a move, as Dave says that. Um, another question here from Kieran XD, Daniel yes. B, nineteen ninety seven, on Twitter. How much pound sign pound sign could Chelsea actually get for Hazard now, and who should they replace him with realistically if he leaves now? I was speaking to Rory from the, uh, the Chelsea, Chelsea fans, fans channel this week. Yeah. I said, Hazard, I think if he goes to PSG, you could probably expect about 30, 40. Rory Ooh. mentioned prices more towards 80, which, I can, no. which is not going to happen. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But now is it? At the beginning of the season, yes, not anymore. Mm. That, that, you know, you have to have a good season in order to get that £80 million price yeah. tag, I think. We're you thinking... can't go through a terrible season. You know, Chelsea can't go to them and go, oh, you know, it's because we were bad this season that he was bad. Mm. Um, it was, you know, it is literally that they, they it, it, it's essentially by Chelsea's own doing, but also Hazard's been a, terrible player to deal with by it all accounts like, this season it does feel like 30-40 maybe is probably realistic you can't uh, have a couple of good pitch. seasons and do that he's he's had some good performances mm. and you know it might be an Angel Di Maria sort of thing where they sort of go we paid that much for Di Maria it's, it, go ahead pay them pay the same for us it is an interesting situation I mean Rory was saying to me you know uh, he had two average seasons one exceptional season and now one uh, sort of awful season Dave it's interesting to see if he does leave you know, this is when he joined. He was one of the the hottest young players in Europe, and his legacy maybe is not quite what you Chelsea fans would hope for. Yeah, I think so. I think that his value has definitely dropped um, significantly, but he's still a player of great quality. So I feel that it's not going to be Chelsea should be pushing forty plus. 
if you're in that class. zone. Yeah, you've got a player that's one of the best young players in world football. The player doesn't, you know, his form has gone, mm. but his talent behind there is still there. And I feel that he, he again, like Jack Wilshire, he definitely needs to move this summer. And if he doesn't do you, move, he'll stagnate. Who do you think could replace him realistically? Is what well, Kieran's I'm, asking. We, we're looking at Antoine Griezmann as he's always a long-term target. So but... Antoine Griezmann's a, a second striker, striker type player. So mm. not really the Hazard mole. Hazard's mm. obviously played wide, wide left. Williams been very good this season and being a creative player, either playing behind the striker or on the right. He's been really good. But again, I'd go to Ligue 1 and I'd go for a young lad, Osman Dembele, uh, 18 years old, playing for Rennes. Um, he's got Oof. such talent. Um, I think he's. Take, I think he's actually on his way to Spurs because they're trying to collect all the ballets. Yeah, all yeah. the ballets together. They're trying to make a collection. But he, yeah, but he's got such. You know what a player is. His uh, take on per ninety record in Europe top five leagues. It's like the best for a player under the age of twenty three. I think. Interesting. He's just a really, really good player. At the weekend, he scored a hat trick. Um, one of them was a free kick that was whipped into the back post. Really, really good ball. He's just a talented, talented player, and uh, you know this summer it's going to it's going to absolutely explode for him. He's going to be like thirty mil, I reckon. Whoever picks him up has got a wow. talent. Uh, we have heard a lot about how you know Arsenal are trying to sign him. Like I said, Chelsea, Barcelona are apparently interested. So um, uh, so he comes to Spurs. <laughs> yeah, just another player as well. Maybe uh, Leroy Sana. Maybe if he doesn't go to a big club, maybe Chelsea. Could, well, not a big club, sort of a super club in Real Madrid, Bayern, or uh, Barca. Maybe Chelsea could pick him up because he's mm, again yeah. a brilliant player. Yeah. Question here from Jeb Brandon. Sorry, Jed Brandon. Jeb. Good Jeb's old Jeb. not a normal <laughs> name. And Jeb was not a normal name until this election. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got confused. Uh, the big man, Jed Brandon, says best Asian player, in your opinion, past slash present, winky face, smirky face. Uh, but I think he's doing winky face, smirky face. So he knows we can't name any. Yeah, um, so, he knows. He knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. lads, we can. Best you know, Asian some... player, Dave. Dave. If you say Park Ji Sung, I'm going to flip. Why would you flip, Lauren? Park Ji Sung <laughs> was, was crucial. There's <laughs> one option. Crucial to um, you know United's performances in Europe in the period where we dominated Europe. Park mm-hmm. Ji Sung was so good. Play mm-hmm. him on the wing. Make him do a lot of work. Make him trap players. He did a man-to-man job on Andre Pirlo at AC Milan destroyed him it was it was mm-hmm. brilliant one of the best individual uh, defensive performances I've seen so Park Ji Sung for me number one um, there's wow. some decent players floating around Germany they obviously have some talent Shinji Kugawa is another one who didn't make it at Manchester United for Manchester United's fault really I feel that you know under if Fergie had stayed there for a bit it would have been fine you've got um, Mutu from Mainz who's scored seven goals in the Bundesliga this season a pretty good striker he was linked with Chelsea um, Chu from Augsburg, who scored a hat trick last week. Um, so there's a, some, a few good players in the Bundesliga. Really, it's interesting. I don't. The Premier League seems to have forgotten that Asia's a hot better talent in a way. You know, Japan yeah. produces really good players. China will, as we all know, spending so much money on their academies, will start producing players. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I think we'll see a lot more Asian players around Europe, definitely. Mm, I think you're forgetting uh, is it Lee Pyong Yeo, the uh, Spurs left back. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, the best Asian player of all. And Hyung Ming Sun. Oh, Ming Sun. Yeah. Um, another Forgot. question here from Ismo. Damn it. Ismo said Juventus or Bayern to go through. Oh, good question. Uh, I the second leg's at home for Bayern. Isn't Bayern. It? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, you see, if it was Juventus home second, I'd have gone Juventus, but. I wish it was Juventus. It's probably Bayern, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Dave? I'm going to go Juve. 
Yeah, Ooh. good on you. If you um, lifestyle, lifestyle. with this pet team, I feel if you counter attack them well, they're, they're really un- they're really disorganised when you break on them. Really? They've got their system's such a mess when when you counter attack on them. I feel like you, uh, Dortmund showed if you press them high up the pitch as well, um, as, as well as playing sort of a back five, it kind of kills them. It kills everything. It kills the whole game. So if you can press them, and we saw Juve, you know, when they decided to be like, oh wait, lads, if we press these lads at the back. They kind of bottle it, and you know, they, obviously Juve were 2-0 down. They started the press, they started to engage them high up the pitch, and Juve are good at that. Marquisio, again, a player that sort of, you know, they'll get fast past the first break, and then Marquisio will be on you. They've got a good uh, sort of good lines in their press. So I feel mm-hmm. that Juve go out there, get the first goal. Again, that is so, so crucial. If Juve can score first, they'll win the tie. Obviously, right. you can press, then you can break, but mm. I feel if, if Bayern go out there, they score one in the first 10, it will be a, a cricket score. Here's an interesting right. question from Lucas Oscarson um, at Victorso on Twitter. Is Laurent Blanc one of the best European managers? That's an interesting question. Um, Very good question. Um, what do you reckon, Lawrence? Obviously blessed with uh, certain resources at PSG, a certain squad. There is a lot of talent out there, isn't there? Uh, I, I mean, obviously to manage such a team, I think you do have to be a very good manager. But I, I think I'm sceptical as to whether he's... I think he's, you know, he's up, he's up there with the top. I just think I imagine the answer would be, on his own, yes. I'm not sure that he's the best manager for PSG. What do you reckon, Dave? Because this is we've seen reports, not recently, of course, because of PSG's incredible form and uh, their performance in the league. But we heard that PSG were trying to get rid of Laurent Blanc. You know, even when he was hired, he was sort of the second or third choice. <laughs> it's always good to know. Yeah, I mean, you know, former Manchester United manager, not someone you'd. Former player. Manchester United player, <laughs> Dave. Not someone you ever see linked with that role, but is he I, I think underrated? It's, a, or? Uh, it's weird because PSG, everyone discounts PSG because they sit there, you know, it's easy because the rest of the league has such poor quality. They've got massive easy, resources. Yeah. But what I'd say with Blanc, you know, he won the, he came with Bordeaux, first season came second place, second season won the league. You know, that with that Bordeaux team, that Bordeaux team was a pretty average team. Schumach was playing up front. Um, but credit to him <laughs> that's there, a while you know. ago then now isn't it Dave but yeah but you've got to give him you know you've got to give him a lot of plaudits for that right because that was when Leon were dominant Leon won the league five times in a row and I think Blanc yeah, was, the, was the I think it was I think it was the Bordeaux team that broke that run yeah maybe it may, might have been someone else but I think it was them but then obviously he, he, the next job he takes was a bit of a silly move for me you know becoming France manager in a team where this, you know, in a, in a sort of zone where this French team was in massive transition with Silsoft seeing the end of this transition right now um, so for me, that was a, a bit of a bit of a silly mistake that he sort of straight away goes into French management because you know you listen to Ferguson or any of or Ancelotti talk about international management. It's something that they say older managers should do. Managers that have seen it all, you know, come to their sixties, then they go into uh, international management. So for me, yeah. that was a bit of a mistake. But yeah. then again, PSG, this PSG team is a bit boring in my opinion. But I think that's yeah. the composite of players that they've brought together. You know, raiding Syria, taking all out of all that talent. But he's, yeah. he's doing Di Maria, Zlatan, Verratti, boring. bloody boring. <laughs> but they are, I think I think the thing with um, what Di Maria's brought to this PSG team is he's the player that can change the tempo because they'd struggled so you know, the two seasons before they've struggled so badly for that flipping tempo. You know, playing the ball around the back, recycling the midfield, and then giving it to someone to switch it. Before it was just recycle, 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 recycle. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, it got, it, it got very frustrating, very boring to watch PSG. But with yeah. Di Maria, they are a lot better to watch. But still. 
it's going to be interesting. I think the Champions League is a measure for um, for Blanc. Again, if he fails in the Champions League, maybe it could be time for PSG to move move on to another manager, like you were sort of mm-hmm. mentioning there, Lawrence. Is he mm-hmm. the best PSG manager? No, probably not. But he is a good manager. I think he is somewhere else. Like somewhere else would be better for him. Again, yeah. I don't think PSG suits <laughs> many what, what, what many managers. Any United than they? Yeah, is, I think, as you say, three league titles, coming up to four league titles. Why is he never mentioned with that job? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one, but I can kind of see it. I could definitely see it. Laurent Blanc will manage Man United at one point. Um, what, Dave? What? I just, wow. I reckon. I just feel it. It's, it's wow. something that... <laughs> is it in your happen. waters, Dave? It's, I feel it, Lawrence. You know, like... Hell? Well, you, just, you get it. Um, <laughs> we've got Ayo Mandem. Man like Ozil on Twitter saying, who has better coverage once a World Cup starts? BBC or ITV? Once a World Cup or Euro starts, I should say. Um, well, lads, I think it's, it's whoever takes on the front three. What do you reckon? Yeah, that's a good point. Whoever, for the Euros, who's going to have better? Whoever's got the front three on their on their side? Yes, yes. <laughs> Otherwise, ITV, if you're listening. Um, Otherwise, you can't hit that that youth market that's just so important in the modern game. I... Oh, sorry, I went into pitch mode again. Sorry. <laughs> I do prefer I do prefer BBC's coverage. I think ITV have they've, they've got rid of Adrian Charles, haven't they? They've replaced him with is it Mark Pugac? Great choice. Yeah, I actually really like Mark Pugac. Yeah, um, but Pugac is one of the most consummate and uh, professional. Uh, broadcasters I've ever worked with, mm, and he's worked with Adam Bolwood like, So uh, I mean, that's that's really, yeah, you see, yeah, <laughs> that's really saying something. Um, yeah. GK at Arteta assist always sends in the great questions. Dave, should Julian Weigel start for Germany at the Euros? Yes, definitely, hundred percent. If you look at the um, the Germany squads and starting lineups for the last sort of like eighteen months. Um, Joaquin Lowe has been sort of playing loads, you know, he's been trying a lot of different players there. And it seems like he hasn't found his perfect holder yet. And obviously Julian Weigel is one of the best holders in Europe, in my personal yeah. opinion. So I feel that yeah. get him in that side and that could take this Germany to the next level. They've tried Schweinsteiger there, Lahm there. I think Grunduan's played there. But these are all like ball players in a way, whereas you need someone that's, uh, you know, has got a good reading of the game, just gets you out of um, sticky situations with a simple pass. Similar, obviously, it's like Busquets in a way. So if, if they get Weigl in there, that Germany midfield is going to be very tasty. Mm. Dave, is it a surprise to you that uh, Robert Huth's not been talked about in the uh, German on. the German <laughs> phrase? I think you've got better players than Robert Huth. Not, no offence to Robert Huth, but you've got best, best defenders, best yeah. centre-backs. You've got Matt Hummels, Jerome yeah. Boateng. Um, yeah, you don't need to listen to Dave. Play, you right. know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, don't um, know. No, Robert Hoof is good in this Leicester team because they sit deep. This Germany team doesn't do that. This Germany team dominates the ball. Hence, they'd need a better ball player, a, a, probably a faster centre-half than Robert Hoof. Yeah. Who's going to be, be playing up front for Germany? Who's going to play up front for Germany? It's that underrated striker, Thomas Muller, isn't it? He's so yeah. underrated. Do you, but Dave, what if, uh, do, you, do you think, though, if, they, if Robert... <laughs> Didn't if Robert win the World Huth, Cup. No, player that won the World Cup, underrated. Dave, what if Robert Huth has like an outball to Muller? Would it would that then mean that Muller was having a party? <laughs> Muller could have that party, mate. Yeah, Muller could. What if what if Robert Huth took the party to the Euros? <laughs> well, here's, here's a, a very interesting question from Anthony Arroyo. Now we did talk a little bit about this on Wednesday um, after Chelsea were, were knocked out in the Champions League, but he says would love to see a review of Chelsea's season and what you think our future is heading towards. Love to now, see the highlights. 
I did have a, an interesting chat with Rory from the Chelsea Fans Channel. It's on the Football Republic about this uh, exact thing. But it is a very interesting situation that Chelsea in, isn't it, Lawrence? Because it does feel like an end of an era in a way. And you know the 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 the, the approach the, the, that Abramovich the, has taken towards the club, a very short term approach, yeah. definitely has reaped rewards for them. You just have to look at the the, the trophies they've won. Yeah. But now it feels like we're seeing the the long term effects of that. Definitely. Uh, what I would say is, you know, Chelsea have for a long time ignored a lot of the problems that I think the club had, mm. or uh, sort of thought that they could rebrand into something else and i think that a lot of people mistake a rebrand for a change in culture um and you know, very often one can sort of stimulate the other you know it's sort of you know um almost fake it until you make it but in, in this case it's actually been a case that, and that was the ultimate thing with Mourinho is that actually Mourinho was excellent at allowing chelsea to continue to fake it or abramovich to continue to fake it because yeah. he's the bravado all those kind of things but they the problem was that when they didn't make it then you know, and they did. They made it to the Premier League title and the Champions League at least, you know, at least once. Where they should have made it maybe more times. But most people would say they still don't sit there up in that very top part. I think that's the problem with Chelsea is that you know, and big money investments in general. You know, if you don't make it, then uh, it can be incredibly damaging. It is interesting, Dave. This is going to be. We're assuming they're not going to qualify for the Champions League next season. I think it's safe where to say. Where do they go? And that will be the first time they're not in the Champions League under Roman Abramovich. It looks like Antonio Conte is coming in, but it just feels like, I think we were saying this on Wednesday, you know, when Mourinho came back to the club, it felt like there was a plan in place. He was talking about bringing the young players through. The I don't think it looked... did, you know. I don't, I don't think it did. I think, I, think I it... actually, I, I disagree with that. Again, I'm going to go down the, they were faking it until they were going to that's what I mean. Because... That, I think you, you've touched upon a good point there in terms of they were faking it, but that, that's the public facade they're presenting. You know, it's all looking good for the future. But now I think it's been exposed that, my God, where, where are Chelsea going? You know, like I say, Conte's coming in, Dave. But the future is very uncertain. I mean, Rory was sort of very nervous about the future. No, it's, it's an interesting one. Again, I think that they need some more football people in their club. I think they need a director of football that's not um, Mikel Emanello, whatever he's called, because he just feels Lemonade. He's, he's a bit disjoint from football. You know, he's sort of was brought in to be a Abramovich's right-hand man. I feel there's too much Abramovich coming through there. There needs to be a bit of a blocker there, someone that can actually think about the the you know where the club's going, like a Les Reed, someone like that, that can take the... Because they've got... It seems like they've got all the components to be fine, and to be okay, but it's just that they're not linking it together. They're not linking this youth academy with the first team. We all know the problems. So maybe Chelsea need to go out there and, and readdress that problem. If they're going to bring in Conte, they need to just have someone above him that's going to be on, that's looking at the, the long-term solution. Because I feel that that's with a lot of clubs that have got this big investment. Don't think about long-term. It's all about the short-term Champions League. It doesn't matter that they're not in the Champions League for a season. Um, it, but it matters that they need to have a plan to get back into there for the long-term, not just the short-term in and out. Um, before we get on to the final question which is an absolute corker I want to talk a little bit about Aitor Karanka now this is it's not breaking news but it's all over Twitter that the Middlesbrough head coach is considering his future at the club now apparently uh, he left Middlesbrough's training ground unexpectedly yesterday after a row Uh, it seems to be a little bit up in the air the club have confirmed he didn't take training today. Wow. The assistant, uh, Steve Agnew, taking charge. They released a statement saying, we appreciate supporters will want to know further details, but at this time the club cannot make any further comment 
It's solely focused on Sunday's game at the Valley. For the best. What do you make of this news, Dave? Middlesbrough led the table in early January, but they've only won three of their past ten games. Well, he's a, he's a fantastic manager, you know, one of Mourinho's disciples in a way. And he, this Borough, he's completely flipped Borough around. Borough weren't they weren't being competitive at the top of the league, and then he sort of came in and he slowly built this team up, and really they've become a unit. And you know, they're, they're four points off the top, and they've got a game in hand. If they win their game in hand, they'll they will be five points ahead of third place, so that in the automatic places with Burnley, Burnley very much look like they're going up. Again, Sean Dyche has built a team that's very compact with two strikers, a 4-4-2, very solid. But back to Karanka and Middlesbrough, I think it would be a massive shame if he goes. I really wanted to see Borough get promoted this season and Karanka in the Premier League because he's a manager of really good quality. Whether they've had a falling out about something, you know, I, I wouldn't want like to see him give him his ultimatum, but maybe that's where it's gone. It's a weird maybe one, he isn't? has. He's walked out. He's not taking training. He's given the ultimatum. He's, and and he's, not going to be, he's not going to be in charge for tomorrow's match at Charlton, apparently. Yeah, which is it's it's big, but obviously Charlton are absolutely rotten. <laughs> they're, yeah, they are, they are, they're going down. You know, they're they're six points adrift of twenty second place, and they need to obviously twenty second place is still in the relegation zone, so they're done. So hopefully it doesn't affect them. But I feel it's big. Whatever, but Borough need to keep him. Whatever they do, whatever's happened, you know, it's Steve Gibson, I think, is it? Is that the owner of the club? Mm. What you know, whatever he's got to do everything in his power to keep Karanka at the club. It's interesting, apparently he, uh, he publicly questioned the desire of his squad on Thursday, causing unrest among the players. Yeah, he you can't do that, can you? Early and failed to return. I mean, you can, but um, you literally can. it's not always going to go well. He said, um, his quote was, I don't know how to change the desire. I know my desire. I know the desire that other teams have. For that reason, it is about doing it yourself. I show them the desire every single day to play Premier League next season. Last season, I showed them my desire is up to the person. Um, always, always a, uh, a dangerous tactic to call out your players like that. Mm, I don't uh, know if you, I don't know if that's calling them out. I just think that's sort of saying you know, there's if you want to be in the Premier League, then you you've got to desire it and got to <laughs> show us. Yeah, basically, yeah. Interesting. I don't. I think, as you say, David, you won't be short of uh, job offers if he does indeed leave. No, it could be quite interesting. You know, we look at the. Bottom end of the Premier League, Newcastle could have, could, you know, if they didn't go for Benitez, could have gone for him there. Mm. It's going to be quite interesting. Just all go, you know, go abroad. Why not? Why not try himself out in La Liga or something? Because he's shown that he's got the caliber. Um, so why not? Someone maybe, if Everton, you know, if Everton do Chuck Martinez, I don't think they are. But that could be a really, really good fit for him. Um, yeah. You know, Swansea would be good if they didn't. Obviously, they've brought in a new man, but if they hadn't done that, could have been a really good fit. So there's clubs there in the Premier League that could get Karanka and would would sort of sort them out in a way. So it's going to be interesting. Now here is clubs. a fantastic question to end this week's podcast on Alexis Golitsin. Thank you for your question. Always sending the good questions. If you could read one footballer's mind. Who would you choose? Don't even need to ask me. We're done here. Is it Xabi Alonso? <laughs> yep. It's Xabi Alonso. My God. The answer to every single question. You'd read Xabi Alonso's mind, Lawrence. Why? Because they get insight into this beautiful mind. You might have to say that again because the internet broke up. Because then you get insight into this beautiful mind, right? right. You sort of get this like, you know, is it a stream of con- How does he think? What is his thought process? And, and we also think it's not, uh, you don't just hear him going, okay, pass the ball. You also get the little like, oh, move my leg. Oh, do you know what I mean? Who would you choose, Dave? If you could read oh, one difficult mind, uh, I'd like to. Like, it's got to be someone at the top, right? Because you need to know that extra, extra little bit of knowledge. 
whether it's Ronaldo, Messi, that would be really good, you know, to yeah. sort of think what, you know, to know what they're thinking about before they pick up the ball when they, you know, they, how they're evaluating the situation and, and, and that sort of thing. You know, Ronaldo, when's he timing his runs? Messi, when's he decided to take players on? Mm. But for me, it might be Busquets. I'd love to just know, you know, his, his read of the game is the best in the world, I'd say. So to get his thoughts of when to press, when to hold, when to move over here, why are you shuffling this way? Why are you dropping between the centre-backs? Um, you know, why are you actually becoming one of the centre-backs? You know, that'd be so, so interesting. So yeah, I th- I'd say Busquets, but also Messi-Ronaldo or any top, top striker or forward would be really good. There are a lot of people who question whether certain players could do it outside of Barcelona. Dave, what's your opinion on what, whether Busquets could do it elsewhere? <laughs> are you mad? He could get into any team in the world. I think he'd, be, he'd just fit in and he'd be fine. Because it's his, because it's his, it's not Busquets isn't a player built built on pace, built on strength. It, there's nothing physical there. It's it's the read, and then you forget that he's like six two or something, isn't he? And he's got a good t- and he can time his tackles very well. You know the the way that he can get get out of a press is a joke. He can do that in any league. Mm. So Busquets would be a player that could go anywhere. You know, I Gerard choose. Could go anywhere. I choose uh, John Terry because I just love to know how that man thinks. I fuck that, I fuck that, I fuck that, I fuck that. Oh, shit, I fuck that. (laughs) I'll literally be on repeat in his mind. I'd just love to know how he thinks. Anyway, listen, uh, thank you very much for sending in your questions. Thank you very much for listening as well. Until next time, Lawrence, where can the good people, where can the whole find you? Go down the bank, open the vault, I'll be in there. No, um, you're on Twitter. Uh, I'm just sorting through all my money, sorry. Um, (laughs) Uh, you, you can find me at Lozcast, L-O-Z-C-A-S-T, on Twitter. And Dave? Um, well, I reckon you should go to Google, type in The Football Republic, go Ooh. and check out the um, you know the game by whatever it's called, whatever you call this atrocity. <laughs> a game of two halves, Dave. That's a game one. of two that halves, Dave. Get it right. Dave's going to do his go own Go and check that out. And, uh, you know, shoot the front three, at the front three, what's your opinion of the game? Who should have won? Was Boltwood and, and Lawrence McKenna wrong? That would be great. But also, go on to thefront3.com. Check that out. Yeah, because Dave's posted there too as a little bitch. Uh, Do me a favour. Do me a favour. Go on your podcast app right now. Make sure you rate and review the podcast. We're on 111 ratings. We're at a five-star rating, which is fantastic. But we need more. We need more. 111? 111 ratings. Guys, thank you. Yeah, it's fantastic. But I want more. Lovely. I want the people to go and rate this podcast right now. Stop what you're doing. Rate it. Review it. Let us know what you think. Can I write my own? Yeah. You should, okay. Yeah, As someone who's on the podcast, I think <laughs> <laughs> it's bloody I think fantastic. It's the best thing I've ever listened to. The best highlight um, is definitely Lawrence. Thank you very much for listening. Um, we love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you on Wednesday. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. 
See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.